0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, a horror anthology podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that just loves drag racing. It's Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Vroom, vroom. I <laughs> love it. Brandon, out of all the years that I've known you, I don't think I've ever seen you drive before. <laughs> no, it's because I never have. Yeah, fuck driving. <laughs> yeah. Driving fuck is the it. worst. Oh my gosh, Brandon. How you doing today? How's it going? Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing just fine. Getting all sizzled up over there because it is cold as hell here. So I, that means I know it's summer over there. Yeah, it's summer. It's it's fine.
1: It's actually fine right now.
0: You know, I've seen that meme where the dog is in a room that is an inferno, and he's like, "This is fine." Is that what's happening to you? Probably. I've just gotten used to it. Okay. Right. Yeah. My favorite part, I have to say, my favorite part about doing this podcast in general, really. Is that before we record, I hear your fans on, they're blowing in your face, and then the moment we start recording, you have to turn all your fans off and just sit in hot. <laughs> yeah, that's a sacrifice I make for the I people. Know. Yeah, you know, and we thank you for it.
1: <laughs> so, Brandon. This for
0: you. Brandon. Yes. I, I literally asked this, did you do anything awesome this week? How was your <laughs> week? Uh,
1: I didn't do anything awesome, of that's course. A shame. Yeah, one of these days I'll I'll have a story to tell.
0: Well, we're running on like five years almost, so I mean, maybe someday i will have something cool. I have to say, <laughs> after this recording, you know, typically, so the way we record, we do our recordings at six o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday, right? And then sure. we usually do a bonus episode afterwards. Unless we have a guest on, we just don't have time, but uh, we're talking about a particularly fun movie after this episode. And um, after that, I got to go out of town, Brandon. It's not cold enough where I am. We have to go north where it's colder and snowier because there is a carnival on the ice that I go to every fucking year. It's so cold, Brandon. <laughs> All right. And with me is the guy who can never be cold enough. Nope, Cortland. nope. I'm going to wear so many clothes today. Oh, it's going to be the worst. So I don't know if you ever watch it or not, Brandon, but the uh, awesome games done quick thing is going on on Twitch right now. Where it's just a bunch of speedrunners that get together and I don't know where they're at. But they just play games very fast. You ever watch any of them? I've never watched it. I only ever know what's going on because there's like sales of games. I thought you were going to say because I mention it, which would have been very embarrassing. (laughs) Thank you for sparing (laughs) me. (laughs) Well, you brought it up, so. (laughs) Well, uh. They do some fun runs, too. I watched somebody play Super Mario 64 with a drum set. Like, they literally control Mario with a drum set, and they beat the game. And it was pretty (laughs) fucking sweet.
1: That's insane. If it's possible to do something, people will figure out a way to do it.
0: Yeah, I know, right? It's always... Well, I mean, it can be wonderful. It can be awful, too. But (laughs) I like the wonderful parts, you know? Yes. Oh, Brandon. I think we should talk about... I don't know. Tales from the Crypt, maybe? Do you want to talk about that? No. Oh, okay. So, um, I don't think I have anything else, though, to talk
1: about. Okay, fine. Spanning. I guess we will. I guess we will.
0: I find, I find a screw on the ground. I don't know what it's <laughs> for. It's probably going to be oh. coming up again later someday. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's Tales talk about that for an hour. <laughs> it's right next to my orange Mega Man. I don't know what power he has, but he is orange, and I love it. The power of orange. Yeah, it's probably some sort of fireman perhaps flame man who knows brandon we got an episode of tales from the crypt to talk about season 4 episode 10 maniac at large brandon large in wow. a charge large march how did you uh how'd you feel about maniac at large i didn't mind it oh oh my brandon <laughs> such a hot take yes um this episode kind of kept me guessing
1: more yeah, than most right?
0: episodes and I appreciated that. I didn't see it coming. They did it, they did it in a great way. It's not like it's not anything new. I mean, you guessed what it was at the <laughs> the last episode when you're like, oh, it's gonna be the, you know, boy who cried wolf, you know, chicken little, et cetera, et cetera. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we get a little bit. It doesn't go too far into her being like, There's a killer in here. I know it for sure you guys and like annoying everybody kind of thing. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I loved it. But hold on. <laughs> I didn't, I would say love is a strong word, Brandon. I love the episode, but I thought it was it's a masterpiece. Was I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Highest rated episode that has ever existed and will ever exist. Yeah. No, it's an no. 11 out of 10. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> IMDB. It's just through the roof on the ratings <laughs> for this one. Yeah. Bly Danner. She just, she slayed is what the kids say these days. Right. Uh, Yeah. She is iconic. <laughs> yeah. You knew exactly who she was when you heard her name. I agree with you, Brandon, uh, it's, a, it's a good episode, you know, nothing groundbreaking, earth-shattering, like, you know, Brad Pitt wasn't in it kind of thing, but it was good, it was good, I liked it. Yeah, it's
1: another solid episode, so, like, season four is still,
0: still bringing the the goods. Yeah, hopefully it continues. I mean, we only have, like, four more episodes left of season four, but I'm I'm just, I'm sure that it's going to be... A roller coaster of emotions and rides and all that. I don't even like roller coasters, but that's fine. You wanna get into this episode? Yeah. Let's okay. talk about it. Alright, well our episode starts up with a look at some skeletons in the crypt. <laughs> that's new, right? I've well, never seen that before. The camera passes over to our best friend. Is he your best friend, Brandon? I just keep saying he is. I'm
1: sure he is, No. Right? <gasps> no. Look, I am gonna I'm gonna step on some toes here and make some enemies, but do it. I'm not big on the Crypt Keeper. Why not, Brandon? Is it his puns? (laughs) It's partly his puns, yeah. And partly that we don't get to spend enough time with him in each episode. Oh, So he comes on, he makes like 30 puns in five seconds, and then he's just gone.
0: Yeah, you know, one thing about season four, the episodes have been good, but his puns have just like... I don't know, they're just... It's reaching for low-hanging fruit a lot of the times. It's just kind of like they're there because... It's contractual obligations that they have to be in there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like, how many different words can you fit boo
0: into? That's, There's uh, like three. <laughs> well, the camera's pan us over to our friend here, but we don't see him because he's hidden behind a briefcase. It's covering him up. He's got a for sale sign above him, and he asks, City life got you down, kiddies? Looking for a home on derange? Well, look no further, because I got exactly what you want. It's a charming tomb with a view. Think of it as your own little house on the scary. And he giggles, because that's such a good one, Brandon. During That That one's not bad. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of liked it. I love him again. (laughs) Good, good. (laughs) During that talk, he's closed his briefcase so we can see him in all of his glory. He yells out, You're not interested? What's the matter? Afraid you can't get a mortgage? Oh, well. (laughs) That's exactly what the woman in tonight's tortured tale feels. Hold on. My brain was like, uh, no she never talks about a mortgage no she really doesn't this has absolutely uh, nothing to do with maniac at large weird <laughs> she's upset because there's a killer loose in her neighborhood in a putrid property i call maniac at large we snap over to the picture for this one and it's uh, pretty basic there's a woman mm-hmm. in the foreground who looks like she's hacking up a hairball also i don't know what's going on with her hand but They're it looks so shiny. Melted. i don't know whether it looks a mess brandon Behind her is the silhouette of a hand gripping a knife. Oh, my. It's a fairly
1: accurate representation of Blythe Danner. Sure, but her
0: hand is <laughs> super did, did fucked a great up. Great job. Oh, her hands are just like that, Cortland. <laughs> oh, you know, I can't think of a time when we get a real close-up of her hands. Maybe they are no, really fucked up. because that's in your contract. Don't show my fucked up hands. You know, that reminds me, Brandon. You know the guy, I don't know if you get this commercial or not. Actually, I don't even get commercials, so it's some time ago. But the uh, the guy that plays like mayhem from those car commercials, you know, you know who I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. The last
1: commercial I can remember, Cortland, uh-huh. is
0: Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. <laughs> okay, that was like the '90s, Brandon. <laughs> That's the last one. <laughs> that was like a collect call commercial. <laughs> uh, so there's these commercials where this uh, this guy portrays mayhem, where he like makes people get into car accidents and uh they never show his hand because I I believe he doesn't have a couple of fingers or so. So anyway. Yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> Danner. Oh yeah. We fade into the episode with some pretty good music here. We're looking at the opening credits which are set to a picture with some skyscrapers and there's a forest and a building inside the forest. It's kind of it's kind of what you expect to see in a library, I think.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh it stays on this picture for quite a long time. Yes. My next line here, we just stare at this painted picture for a good long while. Like a lot longer than usual. Like longer than that flower in yellow.
1: Yeah. Some episodes of Tales from the Crypt, they like the credits are rolling while like there's a car chase or a gunfight and you're like, Wow, this is right to the action. And then the other half of the episodes are like slow pans over dishes or mm-hmm. A Mm bookshelf
0: or a mural, and those are the less good ones. (laughs) Yep, this falls into the category of, uh, we needed to pan this episode out. Why don't we have them stare at a mural for two minutes, Brandon? (laughs)
1: Outrageous.
0: (laughs) Yeah, finally, at the two minute and 15 second mark, the camera starts panning past the picture, and we hear some kind of whispering, and the camera rotates, and we see there's a bunch of people. They're sitting at tables in this library. One dude is sleeping, and there's like a tour group of kids? We go past a guy looking into a magnifying glass, but then there's a strange noise, and he looks up to see an old man That is staring at him and then walks away. This library is hip happening, Brandon. There's quite a few people in there. I recently went to my local library and there was nowhere near this many people. Granted, it wasn't 1992 and people had other things to do because there was the internet and stuff. But still, Mm -hmm. but still, Brandon. More books for you. Yeah, I know. I looked at, well, I didn't. I didn't look at any of them, really. (laughs) We went for my son so he could pick out a book. But that kid's section, pretty rad. (laughs) All right. The camera keeps panning and we see somebody is reading a newspaper and the back article reads maniac at large, Brandon. Oh, my. Title draw. The serial killer strikes again. Seventh victim found in park. A shadow looms over that newspaper and it draws a switchblade and then fucking stabs the paper. It's a kid who asks, You through with the paper, old man? And the old man nods his head and the kid walks over to his friend saying, Hey, check this out. Another stiff in the park. In the distance, we see the librarian seeing all of this nonsense. She lifts up her keys and shakes them. She looks over at Grady, the, the librarian bodyguard. The <laughs> Sets security guard, action. yes. <laughs> Sets into action. Um, you know, library security guards. I guess they're a thing, right?
1: They have to be, right? Especially in quote-unquote big city where this takes place.
0: Yeah, they get a lot of hooligans, Brandon
1: Yes, uh, newspaper stealing you Switchblade ripping newspapers If there's one thing young gang members love, it's the news Alright, thank you, Zach
0: (laughs) What did he deliver to you?
1: Uh, No, he just walked in and was like, love you, Dad, and walked out
0: Aw, that's so adorable Love you, Dad See ya (laughs) So that librarian, who's seen this baloney She waltzes over to them kids asking, what's all the hubba here? She moves the newspaper, and we see there is some graffiti on the desk. And she says, you're defecating public property. I'm sorry. No, she doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) She says, you're defacing public property. Rub that out right now. (laughs) (laughs) The kids chuckle because that's fucking hilarious, saying that they don't have an eraser. Grady hands the woman, whose name is Miss Pritchford, which is hard to say. So that sucks. Pritchard. An eraser, and she snatches it saying, How dare you behave in here like you do in school? Grady, escort these boys out the library. They may return when they act like civilized youngsters. Grady gently prods the boys, and they race out of there and past our main character, Margaret. What did you say, Miss Pitchford? Pritchford? Pritchard. Pritchard, okay. Miss Pritchard walks by but stops and asks Margaret to attend to that. And she looks over, then nods, and walks over to the table to start erasing the graffiti with a cartoonish squeak. Like, what did they do? Did they just, like,
1: sharpie on the table? Mm. It's not like spray paint. It's just a little tiny word.
0: Well, see, what I thought is that they carved into the table, but That's what I thought.
1: But you can't wash out carvings, so... No,
0: you can't rub out. (laughs) You can't rub one out with the the carvings, so... (laughs) No. I don't know what she's doing. People have tried. They can't. They can't do it. Margaret can't help but look over at the newspaper about the serial killer. She grabs it to take a closer look, but underneath it is the knife the boys had. She doesn't like what she's seeing, but she picks it up and clicks the blade closed and some ominous music plays. She sets the blade down for about a second before snatching it back up and putting it into her pocket. Some dude, though, is watching her, so she looks his way and he smiles at her. We fade to later, and hear somebody singing Old MacDonald in the entryway of the library. Grady stands up and walks over, and we see that Margaret is standing next to an old, like, meek-looking woman singing. singing. Grady ushers that old woman away, saying, come on now, Bessie, <laughs> outside now. That's a, that's a
1: name that I, like, I just can't imagine it as a person name. <laughs> no, it's Like, a that's name. a
0: cow name for sure. Yeah, 100%. Get all out of your old Bessie. Margaret makes a comment that Bessie here has a sad life. And it's like, damn, Margaret, you don't even know her. She's got a cow's name. Of course her <laughs> life is sad. <laughs> Grady agrees, adding that it's dangerous with the killer walking around the streets. Grady tried to get some help for them, suggesting that the street people can stay inside the library till they get that guy. But it didn't get very far. Margaret whispers, you don't like Miss Pritchard much, do you? And Grady says, yeah, I don't care for the way she treats people. She's always bossing everybody around. She's always so damn high and mighty. Margusol, yeah, she's a little abrupt. Grady interrupts her, saying, well, you've only been here for two weeks. It does get worse. You really don't want to work late tonight, do you? Considering what's been going on in the neighborhood. Margusol, say, what? Working late tonight? Well, Miss Pritchford didn't say shit about that. In the background, we see Miss Pritchford above them, listening in on the conversation. And Grady tells her, you see? She's already got authorization for overtime for both of us. I heard her on the phone. Miss Pritchford speaks up now saying, tut, tut, tut. You two are as bad as children. By the way, Margaret, could I see you for a moment in my office? Uh Uh-oh, Brandon, you know what that means. Shit. Yep. Margaret walks away and we zoom in on Grady, who's about to, like, eat a stick of gum or something. But he just stares off in the distance.
1: Yeah, it's he like dramatically and slowly raises that piece of gum to his lips, but he never bites it. Nah, that zebra fruit gum.
0: Why did they feel that that was necessary to film? I will say later on he is snacking on some gum, but I don't know. Oh, so it is paid off. Chekhov's gum. Yeah. yeah. Did he eat it? Did he not eat it? We don't know, but he did. Over in the office, Miss Pritchford dramatically turns around saying that she has to look at this mural every morning to remind herself that she works in a library, not a sewer. It's like Miss Pritchford, what? what are you talking about? I don't know. She's crazy. She is really crazy. She adds that Margaret should have seen Park Lane twenty years ago. People used to dress up to come in here. Now they gotta hire security guards to protect the books from the people. She ushers Margaret over to take a seat, so Margaret does that, and Miss Pritchford tells her she shouldn't be distracting Grady. He has a somewhat limited attention span, as it is. Your encouraging of companionship doesn't really help matters. Margaret tells her that she wasn't encouraging anything, that they was just talking about work and late tonight, which she didn't even know anything about. Miss Pritchford takes a seat, saying, Oh, damn, must have slipped my mind. Well, since we're chit-chatting about it, I could use some help with the inventory for the city book sale this weekend. She goes to hand Margaret a book, but Margaret just kind of looks at it, so Miss Pritchford asks if there's someone she needs to call to tell them that she's working late. Margaret shakes her head, saying, nah, it's fine, I'll stay. Miss Pritchford smiles, saying, dope, I'll order sandwiches. <laughs> we can have a picnic. Ooh. I know, right? Sandwiches. You order me a sandwich, I'll go anywhere. I'll work late for a sandwich. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll go into work right now for a sandwich. Oh no, you can't. You're already at work, Brandon. and i didn't make sandwiches (laughs) shit margaret takes that book from her and goes to leave but miss pritchford tells her oh by the way try and keep your voice down library manners don't come naturally to all of us but just remember if you want to talk you're more than welcome to come in here to talk but out there we must be little mice margaret smiles and leaves the office outside we hear her stop outside the door and get very frustrated with with miss pritchford which i mean to be fair i totally I, i understand she kind of sucks. Uh, I don't know. She's going to get sandwiches. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sandwiches are pretty awesome. What do you think she's going to get? Like Jimmy John's or Subway? What is she going to get? Oh No, nah, man. They got a great
1: sandwich shop, shop in Big City.
0: Oh, you're right. Have you ever been? I, it's on my bucket list.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to go there. They have such great landmarks.
0: Hmm. Yes. We fade to later that night, and Miss Pritchford is yelling at Grady because he didn't set up some lights or something. Grady assures her he's getting to it. Over with Margaret, she's piling up some books, and then carrying them up some stairs to put them away. Once she gets to the top of the ladder, we see a sinister shadow fall over her bookshelf. It's that dude from earlier that smiled at her. I don't know his name, so he's just like, that dude. I
1: don't know, he's just some fucking Clark Kent looking dude. He's weird. Yeah.
0: He creaks a board, and it scares Margaret, who gasps, saying that that shit startled her. The man pushes his book right up next to her, asking if this can be checked out, because there's no card in it. The book he's got in his hands is called Alone with the Devil. Oh, man. Ominous. Okay. Margaret tells the dude that reference books are for the library use only, and asks for him to give that one up to her. She just grabs it and places it on the bookshelf instead of, like, meticulously putting it away like it should be. She don't give a fuck. No, she's been here two weeks. She don't fucking care. (laughs) She just wants that sandwich. (laughs) The dude says it's such a fascinating book. And if the police were to read it, they may understand what kind of a man a serial killer is. The dude chuckles a little and backs up from the stairs. He adds, well, that's what they think he is, a serial killer. But he's not. A serial killer is a hunter looking for a particular kind of victim, not our killer. His victims have nothing in common, apart from the fact that they're all men. But that's pure coincidence. Also, I have a theory about his next victim. Are you interested? Well, you ought to be. Because the next one's going to be a woman. What do you feel about this guy, Brandon? How do you feel about him? Well,
1: at this point, they obviously want you to think, okay, this guy's the killer. Yeah. And, sure, I went along with that. I thought, well, he could be the killer. It's a bit obvious, but, uh why else would he be such a fucking creep
0: yeah he has really no reason to be a creep and he like spoilers for the episode all he does is talk about serial killing and it's weird
1: yeah he corners women alone and tells <laughs> them about serial killers and how how they murder and gruesome
0: details yeah and look this is the time before podcasting so it wasn't cool to come up to somebody and be like you want to talk about serial killers that was weird back in 1992 yeah. I kind of like it, though. Like, uh, you know, this this episode does set up, you know, some twists and turns here and there. You don't know who's who. It's kind of got that mystery aura about it that's fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Margaret whips her head around to look at this absolute creep, and the dude just smiles and chuckles a little. (laughs) Margaret gets down off that ladder and walks away, but the dude follows her, asking what sets him off. That's what I keep thinking about. It could be the city that does it, like living in such close quarters to so many strangers, people you hate. All of them wanting to hurt you before you hurt them. We're like rabbits in a warren panic when they're frightened. They get all frenzied. And you know what they do about that? They eat each other. <laughs> like, okay, dude. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> yeah. Back off. This whole
1: time that he's talking to her, she's very clearly uncomfortable. Very much. And so. trying to get out of the conversation. But he is not picking up on that at all. Or he just doesn't care.
0: Probably both. I don't know how it could be both, but it's probably both. From behind them walks Miss Pritchford, who's just detected a voice in her goddamn library. Margaret notices her and whispers (laughs) that they can't talk right now. The man's all, oh, okay, and he walks away and past Miss Pritchford. The old Pritch walks up to Margaret, asking why she brought that man to the employees-only area. Margaret stammers out that she didn't. Miss Pritchford, who's carrying a sign or something, asks Margaret to take this shit to the basement. So Margaret grabs them and runs off to do just that. Over in the creepy stairway, we see Margaret stomp her way to the basement. In the basement, she accidentally smacked the light above her. I thought it would be important, I guess, and that's why I put it in my notes. But, And then she looks through the bookcase, and she sees this silhouette of a hand with a knife stabbing down over and over again. She gasps a bunch, because that is really weird, and then mm-hmm. races her way upstairs. She drifts around the corner, <laughs> which I adore. And then straight to Grady, saying, Grady, there's a man in the basement with a knife. Grady gets right into action, grabbing his nightstick in the basement. He asks, where? And Margaret points over that away. And we see Grady banging a stick, trying to get the dude's attention. And Margaret goes up to pick up the poster or whatever it is that she dropped. But Margaret stops and she looks and then she screams because she sees like somebody's limp hand, you know, in the, in the aisle way. Yeah. She gasps and covers her mouth and Grady rushes over saying, hey, you found my stash. And he picks that up and walks over and takes a drink of some alcohol out of a gigantic paper bag. (laughs) What is this? Dude, I don't fucking know. It's really weird. Then he tells her not to worry because there's nobody down here. And he like creepily touches her hand. Now, Brandon, if you're going to be drinking on the job, you don't hide your alcohol in the basement in like the middle of an aisle. Okay, that's like (laughs) drinking on the job 101. Margaret doesn't really like him touching her and runs the fuck back upstairs and drifts around the corner again. I was like, damn, Blyde Nanner, get that drift action going. She races yeah. up the stairs and over to the Pritchford office. Inside, she interrupts Pritchford talking to some guy um, that we haven't seen. It's not the dude that's creepy. Margaret asks what's wrong and then introduces Margaret, who wasn't there during the thefts, Brandon. The thefts. So there's thefts now. Margaret yells, thefts? The Pritchford says, yeah, somebody snatched five typewriters, which wouldn't be very easy because typewriters are very heavy. Yes. They're like at least like 15 pounds, I swear.
1: And even in like 1992, who wants
0: a typewriter? Dude, it's like the dawn of computers. Typewriters are on the way out. Like, oh, that's like stealing a VCR or something like a DVD player. (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. That's why Lieutenant Jameson is here. Margaret here is totally out of breath. And Pritchford asks if there's something wrong. Margaret says that she saw a man in the basement with a knife, and it was super horrible. This big old knife. And then she pulls that pocket knife she found earlier out of her pocket, and Jameson asks if he could take a closer look at it. So she hands it over, saying that a gang boy had it. (laughs) Did that give you uh, Seventh Heaven vibes there, Brandon?
1: (laughs) It was a gang boy. He had nunchucks and
0: everything. (laughs) The nunchucks. (laughs) Jameson takes it, saying, Oh, okay, so you're saying there was another knife? Margaret tells him, Yup, I saw it in the basement, and there was this man. But when Grady went down there to, to go and check on it, he was gone. Pritchford steps up, saying, Yeah, okay. And Margaret is all, mm, You think I'm making this up, do you? Pritchford backpedals, saying, Oh, no, of course not. Margaret then tells the two that she wasn't making this up, and she totally saw somebody in the basement. We snap to Jameson, looking through a torn-to-shit nudie magazine, and he says, well, here's your victim. Margaret looks at that, saying that she can't believe he was ripping up this book. Pritchford calls them hooligans, and Jameson suggests that he can write them up on vandalism charges, but he doesn't think that's going to stick. Margaret's all, but wait, them boys were gone when Pritchford sent me down to the basement. It must have been somebody else. Actually, it could have been the killer.
1: So who was it, Cortland?
0: I don't think we ever find out who it was. Speaking from
1: having seen the whole episode now, who was down there in the basement slashing a
0: a book? I don't know who it is because we kind of never revisit this side of things. Um, I uh, I, I don't know. Because at the moment, the library is still open and there are still a lot of people in it. So, it just could be some fucking weirdo. I don't know, Brandon.
1: Why even bring this, like, investigator character into the story? Because he doesn't do anything.
0: No, and they bring up the thefts of typewriters, and that's the last time it's mentioned. So, I don't know. <laughs> oh. They could have taken a little bit more
1: time to explain some things and less time on the mural earlier. But, whatever. Man,
0: they should have had used in this project, Brandon. Three year old baby Brandon commanding these people on this episode would have been a sight to behold. Could have done it. I know. It would have been a little bit better, too. Would have been, would have been tighter, you know, these plot holes. Blech. Over with Grady, he's scouting out the place, smacking his gum. So he did eat that gum, Brandon, as Margaret, Pritchford, and Jameson walk by. Pritchford thanks Jameson for coming on by, and he tells her that if anything else happens, to give him a call. He wishes them a good night and he leaves. Pritchford thinks he's a nice man and goes to walk away. But Margaret follows saying, wait, there's another problem. Now, I don't want to get Grady in trouble here or anything, but he has been drinking on the job. Fucking narc. She really is. She's known the secret for what, 10 minutes tops? I don't know,
1: like 10 seconds. She drifted around that corner and was like, Grady's doing it. He's drinking.
0: (laughs) It seems to me that everything that's been happening in the past few days, that we could have a real security officer. Pritchford tells her that she's been trying to replace Grady, but he's a civil servant. It's almost impossible. So I decided to deal with him in another way. Then she looks at her watch saying, oh goodness, look at the time. Margaret asks what they're going to do because they need protection. But Pritchford shuts that shit down saying, Margaret is overreacting. The serial killer business sells a lot of newspapers. Margaret asks if she's afraid, and Pritchford unleashes some wisdom here, saying, I think that everybody in this world gets what he or she deserves. Okay, Miss Pritchford. Okay. Interesting. So she's definitely the killer. Oh, 100%. In fact, if you put out fear or negativity, that's what comes back to call on you. Then she picks up a microphone and announces that the library is closing in 10 minutes. Margaret rolls her eyes a bit, and we fade to later that night. We see Grady checking things over on the upper level, and he walks into Pritchford's office to do a report or something. Pritchford is putting on her coat and getting ready to leave, hopefully to get them Sammys. But we see the two talking through a window on the ground level. They start arguing, and Grady yells, forget it, and walks out of there. Margaret rushes to act like she was working the whole time, stamping some books, not listening in on that. Grady walks out of there, and Pritchford steps up to Margaret, saying, that man doesn't know how lucky he is. I'll just pop out to get them Sammies now. Oh, <laughs> uh, finally. I know, we've been waiting. So we've all been waiting for. God, she better come back with some really good ones. What if Seriously. she came back with, like, a, ha- like a six-inch sandwich and was like, we'll just share this one?
1: Oh, I was thinking, what if she came back with just, like, a slice of ham between two oh. white bread slices and was like, I got you a sandwich. Man. That'd be the worst. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, Miss Pritchford. What are you doing? Here's dry egg salad sandwich.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you know this, Brandon. I think you do. I hate eggs. (laughs) Yeah, I I knew that. Oh, Ms. Pritchford. Come on. She better get the good shit. Yeah. Margaret tells her, no, don't go. I'm not even hungry. But it's too bad, though, because Pritchford is starving. She's also going to go get some coffee. She tells Margaret not to worry, that she'll only be a minute, and gives her the keys to the library. She suggests that Margaret lock it up if she's so worried. We see all the patrons of the library leave, and Miss Pritchford goes out to get them sandwiches. Margaret locks up the door to the library and turns off the light outside and switches the sign to closed. She takes like two steps and then is startled because that one fucking weirdo with the devil book is still there. Damn. Why? He just loves reading, Brandon. He's been there for fucking hours. (laughs) Marcus, all, uh, sir, the library is closed. And the dude tells her, already? I had no idea. Even though I heard Miss Pritchford on the uh, on the intercom be all like, "Library's closing. But whatever. He says, I've made such progress today. Murderers are so fascinating when you get to know them. Instead of leaving, he asks, hey, can I show you something? And he opens up a book to the picture of an old dude saying, John Reginald Holiday Christie. Doesn't look like a killer, does he?
1: But he was. And a necrophiliac to boot.
0: Brandon, is John Reginald Holiday Christie actually real? I'm going to say no. Hmm. I felt like, because you, you, look, you have a, you love serial killers, Brandon, okay? I love murders, yes. Uh, Yeah, he was a serial killer, according to Interesting. Google. Okay. Yeah.
1: I feel like you could put like three or four names together in any combination and it will sound like a serial killer.
0: Very true, yeah. Uh, let's see. He was active during the 40s and early 50s. He murdered at least eight people, including his wife, Ethel, by strangling them. Hmm. Goodness. And I think the picture that is on Google is the picture that he shows from the book. So. Okay. So he's got one picture. They did a touch of research, Brandon, perhaps. Just a touch. I'm sure it wasn't that hard.
1: Well, I mean, there was no Google, so you actually had to go to the library and be like, yes, give me the all you have on serial killers. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think the book title is actually called Serial Killers and Such. Margaret grabs his book to stack them up and put them away when he suggests that the killer could be a dapper little man with a trench coat and round glasses. Mm. And as he's saying that, he's putting on a trench coat and then he smiles at Margaret and giggles a little bit. It's like he
1: wants to be arrested.
0: Yes, he does. Maybe he just doesn't have anywhere to live, Brandon. He (laughs) He just slums around at the library until somebody arrests him, and then he can go to jail.
1: Yeah, he's just like, the serial killer could look
0: just like me. (sighs) And he would just tear you to pieces. (laughs) He adds in, then one day, they snap and they go berserk. Man, I could see a man work himself up in quite a little frenzy here. That's what you have to do to kill with a knife, you know. Like how a man always does. Margaret rushes away with all them books, but the guy follows and stops her saying, mm, it's harder than you think to slash a man's throat. You gotta get real close. Close enough to feel their breath on your hand and look in their eyes and see the blood splurred out. Margaret walks away telling him to quit it. And the guy follows Moore, apologizing for upsetting her. Margaret tells him that she's she, he got a lot of work to do. So he has got to do this close-up business. And the man asks if she's working late by herself. And Margaret tells him, yes. Wait, no. Miss Pritchford is working late too. And the guy's all, oh, uh, I thought she went out which is weird that he noticed that, but not that everybody else in the fucking library was leaving, but whatever. Margaret tells him that she's coming right back. She's even going to get sandwiches. (laughs) And the dude asks if she'd like him to stay until she returns. Marge tells him, uh, no, we got ourselves a security guard." The man's all, Oh, uh, I thought I saw him leave too. You know, it wouldn't be very smart with all this unpleasantness in the park. The murder last night took place just about this time. Some poor homeless person wandering all alone, and ask the wrong stranger for some change. And, and then he lifts his hand, and he, like, mocks, slashes at Margaret's throat. <laughs> Why? He's a fucking weirdo. Margaret, understandably, doesn't like that, and tells the guy that he's gotta go, since it's after hours. The guy nods, and he walks away, and we stay with Margaret, who's, like, tidying up her books, but the guy just won't leave. He's all, oh, I forgot to check this book out. Could you leave it somewhere handy so I can get it when I come back? Margaret tells him, wait, you're coming back? And the dude tells her, yeah, tomorrow, duh. Margaret tells him, oh, right, till tomorrow. And the guy creepily tells her he's really enjoyed talking with her. With that, he finally turns to leave, and Margaret sighs. But then we hear the door click, and the man calls out, I'm not going place after all. <laughs> and Margaret rips up from behind the desk, and the dude's all, yep, I'm locked in. Margaret sighs again, saying, oh my god, I forgot. And she grabs her keys and runs over to the door and opens that shit up. She tells the man goodnight and he does the same and tells her to be careful with him out of the library. She locks that front door again and then looks over at her desk where the newspaper saying maniac at large is just chilling there. (laughs) Margaret looks it over and all the headlines and maniac and serial killer and all that. Like, it's just like this uh, quick montage of of all the, the headlines of killings and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Then somebody starts banging on the front door calling to be let in. He just keeps banging, and Margaret grabs a piece of paper and runs over to the phone. She tries to use it, but it isn't working. So she runs over to turn off the lights, and the dude just keeps banging on there. He's like, I want to get in this library. (laughs) Once the lights are off, the guy stops. But oh shit, there's a noise from behind her. It's the emergency door that's jiggling a whole bunch. Meredith goes over to it, and the damn alarms start sounding. It Mm. is just so loud for her. So she just covers her ears, and she screams a little bit. I mean, I would too. Is that what you would do, Brandon? Where's my sandwich? (laughs) I'm so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) After that, everything just kind of stops, and there's more banging on the front door. But this time, it's Miss Pritchford with them sandwiches. So Margaret opens that up and says, oh, thank God you're back. I'm so hungry. (laughs) 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 Miss Pritchford wants to know what's going on, and Margaret explains first he was at the front door, then the back door. And it was that crazy man, that maniac. He wanted me to open up the door for him, but of course I wouldn't do that. He was huge and all hunched over. Bridge here tells her that that's just Mr. Garland. She even let him in after nine because he worked so late. The poor dude has a bone disorder or something. She picks up some books saying, you see, he was just dropping off some books. Now calm yourself. There is nobody out there. Margaret tells her, yeah, no, there's totally somebody out there. I just know it. I tried to use the telephone, but that maniac cut the wires. Pritchford tells her, uh, No, I turned off the phone. The switch is underneath. I'll show you. Margaret is all, But wait, you cut the phone off on purpose? And Pritchford's all, Yeah. yeah. It's so distracting. I mean, we are closed after all. Okay. So now. Come upstairs. I want to talk. She's
1: definitely the killer.
0: Yeah. I'll, look, at first I was like, Definitely that dude with the, the devil book. And then I was like, hmm, Maybe it's Grady. He's getting drunk mm-hmm. and killing people. Now it's definitely Miss Pritchford because she is so the one person i never
1: even thought could have been the killer is that person who was banging on the windows like
0: let me in i know well i thought that he would might have like get murdered you know right in front of uh yeah i thought
1: that as well but i think they wanted you to think he could be the killer but like no
0: yeah because mitch pritchford comes in here and she's like oh don't you worry about him anymore
1: (laughs) he'll be taken care of
0: can you imagine hold on can you imagine like getting out of work late and being like i have to return these library books (laughs) and then going up to it and banging on the door being like let (laughs) me in i can't afford these late fees
1: (laughs) no i cannot so stupid i'd be like well i guess i'll take
0: these in next month yep (laughs) i'd be like these are mine now (laughs) Miss Pritchford closes the office door when they're inside and asks, but what if it isn't even a man? It could just as easily be a woman. That would surprise everybody, wouldn't it? She ushers Margaret to have a seat, and Margaret asks, where's Brady? Pritchford is all, hmm? Then Margaret is all, you sent him away, didn't you? No, wait, maybe you killed him. Pritchford asks, what? And Margaret tells her, yeah, you hated him. You hate everybody. You said it yourself. People get what they deserve. And you think he deserved to die. Pritchford's all, wait a tick. You think I'm the murderer? Margaret tells her, oh shit. And now you want to kill me. Pritchford goes to stop her from getting up and leaving. But Margaret yells for her not to touch her and throws her against the table. Then Margaret starts strangling Pritchford and throws her into a chair. She grabs that pocket knife from earlier and just starts stabbing Pritchford saying, I knew you were after me, just like all the others. Well, I'm not afraid anymore. I showed you. Yeah, I guess. She showed her all right. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Pritchford, she fucking dies in that chair. And we hear Grady call out, hey, Miss Pritchford, I was checking the back doors and I heard the alarm. And he walks on in the office. He sees her dead body with the knife in it and just starts shaking his head, like jiggling it, if you will. Yeah, he's like, (gasps) he is shook. The camera pans over to Margaret, who says, Well, I guess I'll have to resign. Move on again. I liked it here, but this city made me nervous. So much crime. I don't like being afraid all the time. I'm sorry about giving such short notice. I hope you won't think too badly of me. And she smiles over at the body. And that's the episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. So Margaret was the killer the whole time.
1: Yeah, but somehow just like blocked out. That she did all these killings? She crazy, Brandon. She cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. She she snaps, kills people, and then spends the rest of her time worrying about someone killing her.
0: Yeah. See, that's what happens when you kill somebody. You're like, all right. I'm Classic case of me. projection. Yeah. It was fun, Brandon. I mean, I didn't really see it coming. I didn't expect her to be the killer because she doesn't really show any hints of being a murderer and she's very nervous about it and she drifts around corners which is awesome so i was like it's definitely not gonna be margaret my girl and then it was the whole time
1: yeah it was your girl she did put that switchblade into her coat pretty quickly she was like "Uh, i'm gonna have to keep this i'm gonna need this for
0: later i wonder i don't think there are but i wonder if there's hints throughout the episode that she is the murderer i don't think so i don't think so either i think the only one is her putting that uh knife in her pocket like at the very beginning yeah
1: the episode spends so much time trying to set everyone else up as possible killers that there's no time at no. all to e- even lay hints that margaret might be the killer
0: nah I-, I feel like if we had those hints just like hidden throughout like difficult to find hints it would have escalated the episode a little bit more but for sure that's it's, you know what it's fine it was a nice twist i i think it was uh it was shocking. I mean, did you even see Brady's face? He was, he was
1: shooketh, Brandon. Yeah. His face was jiggling all over the place.
0: He was like, out of everybody, I couldn't imagine it to be a Margaret. And we were Brady at that moment, Brandon. We were all everything. Grady. Oh, his name is Grady. I think I've been calling him Brady. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> With the crypty, we see the sign has changed from... For sale to sold. And it's spelled S-O-U-L-E-D because that's a pun. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. says, well, kiddies, I guess that's knife in the big city for you. Boy, do I feel sorry for Margaret. Looks like it's just one dead-end job after the other. You'll be happy to know that I made a sale. The negotiations were fierce. But after I threw in a couple <sighs> of acres, Such the stretch. rest was easy. And we see him lift a severed human foot into an incinerator for some reason and close that shit up. Then he says, There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, so dumb. It was, uh, I felt stupid saying that. <laughs> but it was a good one. It lapses out of the episode, Brandon. And that yeah. is Maniac at Large. Wow. Okay. I still maintain
1: it's a decent episode. I do too.
0: I liked it. It was fun to watch. Aside from that, like, two minute mural picture, but whatever. That's fine. You can fast forward over the mural. It kept me guessing the entire time, which is good. Yeah. That's what you want. There's a lot of things in it that didn't really make sense, like the whole basement part with the knife guy. Who knows what the fuck that was. But uh, that's fine. That's fine. It's Whatever. Brandon, did you learn anything from Maniac at Large?
1: Yeah. uh, I learned that gang boys love hanging out in the library. That's where else would they go? Cool place for toughs.
0: Yeah. Well, where else would they go, Brandon? Like uh, the park? No, it's the library. Yeah, libraries library is happening. See, those kids could smell those sandwiches coming from like three <laughs> hours away, okay? Oh, they'd
1: stick a knife through it and just steal it. Oh, man.
0: I could go for a sandwich. I learned that I'm the killer the whole time, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Yep. Good thing you're out of here, Brandon. You don't have to worry about me coming over. <laughs> Maniac at large, though, Brandon, how do you think. That was like, do you think that was aptly named?
1: Yeah, that's a nice name.
0: It surely does show us that there is a maniac at large multiple times in the episode when she looks at the, the headlines for the newspaper. They want to make sure you know it. Could have just been called Brandon Red Herring the episode. Yeah, um, Pritches Get Stitches. Oh my god, that's perfect. Yeah, we'll go with that one. I don't think we can top it. You want to look at this cast on IMDb with me?
1: Yeah, who are these Blythe Danners? <laughs> I just love the name Blythe.
0: Oh, I do too. It's so wonderful. It's so fun to say. I like I like stuff that's fun to say, you know. Blythe. 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 So that guy that I called the dude or whatever, apparently his name is Pipkin. Okay. <laughs> yep. Let's go ahead let's start it off with our main character, Blythe Danners, who played Margaret. And Blythe has been in plenty of things. 116 credits on IMDb. She started things off in 1968. With one episode of NYPD. Is there anything in particular that you recognize her from? I know her from Meet the Parents. Ah, okay. She was also, like most of the cast here, in one episode of St. Elsewhere. Man, that that show was popping back in the day. Yeah, I should watch it someday. I won't, but I should. She was in 14 episodes of a show called Tattingers. I don't know what that is. She was in a TV miniseries called Oldest Living Confederate Widow Tells All. Oh my. Such a specific name. Yeah, I I love it when shows and movies have very specific names. They don't leave much oh, to the imagination. She's in Two Wong Fu Thanks for
1: Everything, Julie Newmar.
0: Oh, I love that uh media. <laughs>
1: it's a great name. I love that name.
0: Let me see. I I just don't recognize anything, Brandon. Besides Meet the Fockers. I I mean she was in 15 episodes of Will and Grace, but I don't know, I've never really seen that. She played a voice in something called Ridley Jones, which has a 2.2 on IMDb. It's like a little kid's show. Most recently, she was in Happiness for Beginners. Hmm. Good for her. I should check that out. But she's still around. She's still kicking. She's still making shit. Go, Blythe. You got this, girl. Good. Salome Jens plays Miss Pritchford, and she is also still kicking. So that's awesome. (laughs) Really? Okay. Yeah. She started things off in 1956 with Showdown at Ulcer Gulch. Then. Terror from the year 5,000. She was in something called Great Ghost Tales, Brandon. I wonder if that's pretty great or not, you know? I
1: don't know. Is that a horror anthology show?
0: Probably. I mean, it sounds like it would be. All right. Well, Dan, add to the list. In 1975, she was in The Boy Who Talked to Badgers. I wonder what they were telling him. In 1976, she was in Diary of the Dead, which I didn't know was a thing in the 70s. Like, I know that there's a newer one that George A. Romero did, but... Wonder if it has anything to do with it. Probably well,
1: not. Clearly he just ripped off sure did. this movie.
0: After Tales from the Crypt, she was in Star Trek The Next Generation. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Star Trek Hidden Evil. She was a Star Trek girl. She wasn't Avatar the Last Airbender. She did some voices in it. Not the Ooh. movie though, Brandon, the TV series. Norm of the North in twenty sixteen with her last credited role, but she she's still around. She's still working it. Good. Born in nineteen thirty five. That's amazing. Next up, Brandon, let's talk about Clarence Williams III, who played Grady, the uh, security officer. The late Clarence Williams III, he passed away, unfortunately, in 2021. Oh. So rest in peace, Clarence. He started things off in 1959 with Pork Chop Hill. Do you like pork chops, Brandon? Yeah. I like a good chop. My mom made them, but they were, like, this is very stereotypical, but she always made them so dry that I hated them. Oh, yeah, you can't have a dry chop. Nah, it's the worst. He also starred in Maniac Cop 2, Nasty Boys, Gabriel's Fire, My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys. That's very specific. He was in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Walker, Texas Ranger. He was in one episode. Brandon, you love that show. (laughs) Yes, of course. Well, you love clips from that show anyway. More recently, he was in Everybody Hates Chris. I mean, I guess that was 2005, so it wasn't that recent. But the last thing he was in was 2018's American Nightmares. Oh my, spooky. He was in a lot of stuff, though. Let's talk about Jameson, that kind of officer that was in the episode for two scenes. Two scenes, played by hmm, I'm going to say this wrong, Oba Baba Tunde. Yeah, sure, okay. (laughs) This guy was also in a billion fucking things. 165 credits on IMDb. He started off 1968's One Life to Live. The picture for One Life to Live does not look as from like it's from 1968 though. So. I don't know what they were doing here on IMDb. It must have been really long. He was in Silence of the Lambs in 1991. He was a TV anchor, man. I love that movie. What else were you in here? Born to be wild in 95. Rocket Power. Dude, he was in Rocket Power. Awesome. Introducing Dorothy Dandridge. The TV movie. Wow. He was in Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds and Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2.
1: Looks like he was in a lot of Star Wars stuff.
0: He played Lando Calrissian in it. Which
1: makes sense because he looks like a store brand Lando
0: Calrissian. He do, yeah. He was in Kangaroo Jack 2, Brandon. Hell yeah. Uh, he took the money and now he's hopping away. <laughs> 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 do you remember that? I, know I you do. do. <laughs>
1: uh, I can't believe they made a second one.
0: Me neither. Yeah, I think it might have been animated if I'm remembering right. I probably am not, though. He was in Santa Paws 2, The Santa Pups. The last thing he was in, because I can't really see anything interesting here, no offense, was, oh man, he was in a lot of things since Santa Puppies, 2023's 45 Seconds. So he's still working right. at... Still still doing yeah, stuff. He still was last year. Yeah, he's still kicking. Still doing it. Last character, Brandon, Adam Ant, played Pipkid, which is that weird dude that's always reading in the library. And with a name like Adam Ant, I figured I would recognize him immediately. So he must be like a singer, right? Yes. Oh, hold on. He was in something called Adam and the Ants, Ant Rap. So yeah, he's definitely a singer. Started it off 1977 with his singing career. Or, well, I don't know if that's when he started, but that's when his first music video was. I'm going to have to listen to some Adam Ant now, Brandon.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Just nah. He had some you hits in the 90s. He even had hits in twenty twelve. That was his last uh music video. It was for Adam Ant, Cool Zombie. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, okay, that does sound cool. Let's listen to that. Yeah, yeah. He was in the Sylvester and Tweety mysteries show that I barely remember from nineteen ninety nine. But goddamn it, Brandon, that's our cast. <laughs> We're done with Maniac at large. Do you wanna see, right. see what's next? You wanna see what's next? Yeah. Another uh, another banger, hopefully. I don't want to spoil anything, Brandon, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have a guest on next week. But the episode in question here is called Split Personality. Okay. The little description here reads, a swindler, Jack, loves money and dot, 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 twins. One day he meets rich twins that show interest in him. And that's all we get. Okay.
1: So we're back to gold digging.
0: Yeah. Gold digging. We haven't had in a while. We're back to it. Brandon, <laughs> you want to know who's in this episode? A little little something?
1: All right, let me guess. Based on that description, I'm getting, like,
0: Scott Bayo vibe. Wrong. We have Joe Pesci, Brandon. Oh, really? Yep. 1992's Joe <laughs> wow. Pesci. Wow. That's like Joe Pesci at the height of his power. Yeah, this is coming off of uh, Goodfellas and Home Alone. <laughs> I mean, like Home Alone is... <laughs> he's not quite he's not full full power joe pesci i think in home alone he's like pg's joe pesci
1: (laughs) yeah but he's given it full power in that movie
0: yeah he like (laughs) look joe pesci is known for like fucking swearing all the time and he had to like cool his jets a little bit for home alone it's not quite casino level joe pesci he's like in the midst of his powerful games of, of of that but uh not to get like you know weird about this but i think this is around the time when he talked about punching Senate O'Connor for ripping up that picture of the pope on snl yeah not his best moment nah i hope he looks back on that and thinks damn i was a douchebag but that aside i do like joe pesci quite a bit man you know what i just realized that it's going to be probably difficult to do my notes for this episode because joe pesci is a talker yes Oof. but you know what talks, that's a next week talks problem. a lot
1: and talks fast
0: yeah, sometimes you don't even know what he's saying. Look, I mean, I'm basing that off of Home Alone's Joe Pesci, but even in Goodfellas, he was just talking and talking and talking.
1: Oh, Have you seen My Cousin Vinny?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Because I just watched that for the first time, like, a few weeks ago. It was really good.
0: Mm, is that the one where he's a lawyer? Yes. Mm, I think I've seen clips of it, but I don't know. If It's got that Brandon seal of approval. Maybe I'll give him a watch. I don't know. It's just a very nice, pleasant movie to watch. Well, Brandon, that's all I got for Maniac at Large. Are you uh you tired? Are you getting some sleepy, Brandon?
1: I'm you so tired. Food? I fell asleep like three times while we were recording this. Oh, well, at least you got the sandwiches, right? Did you get the sandwiches? I'm gonna make a sandwich as soon as we're done recording. <laughs>
0: <laughs> good, good, good. All right, everybody, I have been up all night. I think I'm out of here. I'll talk to you later, Brandon. Yeah, I'll be here next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> rub that out.